is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. This is the post-2022 AFL Grand Final Edition. Hachi, where are you today? Hello, Damo. I'm in Brisbane this morning, um, so good to be back in town on the way to Perth for this weekend's Wildcats games. Had a day here and then head across to Perth tomorrow. And uh, a whole new season starts for us and for me, Damo, with the NBL season. But nice, well done. This is your, what, your last week officially of AFL duties, or you've got one more week of trade. And this then... is uh, the Tuesday after the grand final, and I'll keep working, Hutchie, until it gets to a point where I'm able to take my contracted and I would argue well-deserved 10 weeks off, not 22, but we've got a few weeks to go before that kicks in. I've heard it all though, Hutchie, this week. I mean, there's been an extraordinary amount of news kicking around everywhere. There's been an extraordinary amount of opinion. We're about to get a whole lot more with this trade period. Jane Neild, our producer, 30 seconds before she hit that stinger on that show, just said to you down the line and me across the desk, I'll hit record, but if you see me leave, don't worry. I've got to produce a show in Bunbury. Now, I would have thought, Hutchie, that you as CEO of this this empire might have had claims on Jane for 33 minutes each week on the sounding board. I think she said, I'm actually currently hosting a show in Bunbury. (laughs) I missed that bit. I just heard the word Bunbury, and I might have to leave you. We're we're on mid-song at the moment, I think, Damo. No, I think we had a a couple of uh, issues this morning, so Jane's jumped in. We should cut into that. Jane, can we cut it? You're still here, Jane. Can we cut into the Bunbury show just to sort of get a feel for what we're dealing (laughs) with? No, we've done that before, Damo. It didn't go our way. No, that didn't go. Yeah, you're on the boat and uh, water was lapping the boat and you were you didn't want anyone to know you were and then it was on the front page of the old sun. By the way, the uh, Jane rendition of Leaps and Bounds at our yes. grand final party last week has been acclaimed. No, I online. I have had a lot of feedback to that, Hutchie. We acclaimed. might have to get a, a Christmas been, version going. There's been artists everywhere uh, reach out to collaborate and do duets. There's been music acts. Uh, Ralph Carr uh, reached out to see if Jane wanted management. So it's been quite a quite a week since last week. And you can see Jane, by the way, play at pubs around town. We'll post up some of them on the link. I think last seen at a pub in Gordon in uh, near Ballarat. So well done to Jane. What do you think of grand final uh, game aside? Um, I had a couple of observations on the footy side of Saturday I wouldn't mind sharing with you. But um, what did you think of the, the overall day and the game and the presentation and Robbie and... Oh, the, the day and the occasion and the, the ceremony around it all was great. Just the game, which is the only yep. thing I really cared for when it's all said and done, uh, was... Uh it was one of the fizzes. It, it, we can't hide behind that. It was. Uh, it was. It, it got built up, and I, I was anticipating a uh, a classic, but uh, it wasn't that. From about ten minutes in, I, even at halftime, I was hopeful, Hutchie, that the Swans would somehow regroup and and get something going. But then we knew three minutes into the third quarter that they weren't, and that it, it was over. And in really, it was over halfway through the first quarter, wasn't it? A couple of things from me. Uh, just a couple of little tweaks to the rules of the game going forward I'd like to see, Damon, on the back of Saturday. And I've been kind of on this train for a while, but just to formalise it. First of all, uh, the mini sub allows a 23rd player to get a medal, which is Brandon. Brandon, Brandon Parfitt has been a fantastic contributor to Geelong, going to be a great player, deserved his medal, beautiful moment when he kicked the goal. Is he more, any more or less worthy of a medal than Max Holmes, do you feel, however? I do, Hutchie. I'm old school when it comes to this. I'm not uh, one to subscribe to what I probably feel you're about to say, and that is that the entire list should get one. I I still feel you need to earn your place. And and, and obviously that comes with the 
um, heartache often of an injury, which makes Holmes ultimately missed four. Yeah. But that, that's life. There's not a prize for everyone in life, Hutchie. I th- feel that the 22, and I do include the 23 in that. Like even James Jordan last year for Melbourne didn't get to run on the ground, but he is a premiership player, part of the officially submitted team. So, so he didn't he didn't contribute to the win on the day. No, but he still got a medal. Yeah, but he, he did because he was part of the officially submitted team well, list to the AFL on the day. I think there's a happy medium. So where I would take the rule is out to 25. So the 23 plus two, you need to have played in a final to to be given a medal. And you need to have been part of the final series, which is the sum of work that wins the premiership. Now, whether that is 24th and 25th listed players, so in Geelong's example, they could have listed Max as their 25th on Saturday, their third emergency, had a second emergency, who played in the finals. If you don't play in a final, you can't get a medal. But if you played a final... You are deemed to have been part of the team that contributed to that premiership because the Geelong Collingwood game, you could argue, was the clincher for that final series. They had easy wins against Brisbane and Sydney. Yeah, and I, I think I think Max deserves a medal. Hey, so you're not and one in life, though, and I think I've got to know you pretty well to, to hand out ribbons and, I, I, and, and to agree. slap on the back and pat on the back awards for hey, well done, well done. You you, you weren't well, part of it, but, but well done. And, and you're not like that in any asset. Uh, sorry, I, facet I agree of with your that. life. That's why I wouldn't go any further than 25. But I think just extending out... Now we've already gone to number 23. I don't see any harm, given the variable nature of that role and whether it will contribute or not or otherwise on the, yeah. on the day. I don't, I, don't see, I don't see 24 and 5 you know, making it better. The, the, They're not going to feel any better, Hutchie. They, they, they the, know the way the system works. It's, it's either they all get them, which, I, which I'm really against, or, or, or you don't get them at all. I mean, Sam and is not going to feel any better. For, for getting... Well, he didn't play a final, did he? Correct me if I'm wrong. So he no, be but he's played a lot system. of footy for that club in the lead up to it, and, and yep. injuries but, got him this year, and he just couldn't get a look in when they started clicking. So, but he's so not going to feel any better. And I saw him in the rooms, and you, you feel for him, but that's life, Archie. And I mean, he's got formed lifelong friendships with those people, but he, unfortunately for him, did not play and didn't have the chance and opportunity to to have his body right to be part of that that now powerful Geelong mix, and and that is life, Archie. That that is life. Under under my model, that we would, Geelong would have gone to 24 on the weekend in medals and would have accommodated Max at least. And I think that's a, a model that could be considered. The second thing, and this is not an, something that came on the back of the Geelong win on the weekend. This, this was a, a view that um, I've had and shared all year. And um, So our game is better when the players we love stay in it longer. Joel Selwood is a recent example, but... Yep. You can look to Jack Revold and Trent Cotchin and Brent Harvey playing to 38. And but Buddy Franklin. Buddy Franklin. Going while he in. had a bad final and a bad qualifying final, yeah. uh, he, he is still in that zone. Yep. We are in the entertainment product. Entertainment is best derived from stars. We are in a star-led world. And if Buddy plays longer, it is better for the game. We're going to be arguing about his performance or whether he's worthy of the spot and all those things. So in my view, the game needs a mechanism to keep people playing longer because we... The mechanism's we, always been there, Hutchie. It's been the mindset of people who run the football clubs, the recruiters and the list managers and, yeah, and, and the I, people who have influence over decisions on lists who are brainwashed by others saying you need – and you're the one. You, you're the one who subscribed to the theory, uh, is this player in the next premiership of this yeah, club? And you always say you've got too many players over the age of 28. I mean, who cares? Geelong had 10 players yeah. over the age of 30 well, and the, another one who was 21. Current- the current rules make you make those hard decisions. However, why don't we create a mechanism which takes that away? So I, I think if you get there should be a thirty five and over rule. Encouraging players to get to thirty five by removing the tax on them being in the club when they get there. 
So how you'd do that is you'd have a salary cap exemption for 35s and over. 35? And you'd also, yep. So you're coming so, in left field today and you've changed your views. I mean, you now want a ribbons for everyone who you know runs out and trains with a club that wins a flag and you now want to um, open it up to the, the 35-year-olds sort of getting dispensation. Actually, this, this is the same person. You are the same person who used to cut 22-year-olds in your commentary saying he's not part of the next premiership team. So yeah. this, this doesn't marry up with the Craig I know. What I'm saying what, what's is happened to you? create a rule that it's, we're in wild agreement, Damo. The current rules don't incentivise you to keep players older in the game. Let's create that rule. 35 and over should be at best exempt. 35 is still cap. old in an AFL sense, Hutchie. You can be salary cap exempt. I think there's one. There were two this year, weren't there? Buddy and, and David Mundy, But there I would think. be more, and you don't take up a list spot. Either when you get to thirty-five, so you have got a free hit on the list and a free hit on the cash. Yeah, okay. I, I, I could almost half mount an argument of a thirty-five and over sub rule. Like it's create the mechanism I don't to incentivise clubs. I, to I don't keep- mind this one. I, I'm more in on this one than I was the hand out the ribbon to everyone who played for the club. So do you think or- like we just celebrated Daniel David Mundy this year, right? Do you think it was good for football that he played this season? Yeah. Absolutely. It was fantastic. Yeah. If but, Fremantle were incentivised mm. or there was no cost of him playing next year, do you think they would have let him play on? No, they would have let him play on, actually, if, if he was still worthy of being in the, in the best 22. Ah, and, 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 a, and I feel they've made a decision, and, and they won't say this, and nor, nor should they. Of course they did. But I, if, I feel if they've a, made a decision that he's not in the 2023 uh, best 22. No, they, they, ha- they have. But if he's a free – and it's a right decision, by the yeah, way. Yeah, but I, if I agree. He's a, yeah. But if he's a free hit next year, if he costs you no list spot, no salary cap, and there may even be a construct around the sub piece, would would you not think that's good for football? As Fremantle chase its first premiership and it can be part uh, of the of the run, it could also you know if, if Fremantle goes um, two and six to open the season, and and you've got this thirty five year old on your list who who's playing waffle to keep fit on on the off chance he may get a call up, it doesn't change anything, Hutchie. So no, I don't, I don't think it's a it's a lock that you're going to play him. Absolutely no. You no. don't have to. You can just you can say look, st- stay fit. Stay there, train with us. We'll, we'll break glass in case of emergency. Yeah, but, but go, go and play waffle to stay fit. No, what is, who's, no one said he had to play waffle. Well, you're not playing a game of AFL without playing. He's waffle, probably going to play waffle anyway. Like, who cares? I don't think he will. I couldn't see why he would. I mean, he's played the. the Brett Harvey's still playing suburban footy. Yeah, but Brett Harvey. Brett Harvey is one out of the box, Hutchie. But do we think of any less of him because he's playing suburban footy? Not at all. Not not one bit. He's choosing to play with his brother most of his. Yep. his and and yeah. Anyway, anyway, couple of couple of things. Hey, um, yeah, you, the media fallout. If you can give me the media fallout and the and the kind of positioning now on the Hawthorne situation as it enters into, uh, I guess a week where it'll get more consideration from everybody. It happened. There was a shock to the system last Wednesday. It was in the middle of grand final week where people were scrambling a little bit to react and how they handled it. We've since the weekend seen Brisbane come out with a statement. I want to talk to you about that because I've got a few views on that. And we've seen North Melbourne kind of half take a position publicly without over committing to it. What's your view on how everyone plays this from here? Uh, it, it's it's um, it, these extraordinarily uh, complex layers to it, Hutch. And we we had first crack at it on, on the day it dropped, didn't we? We we had our outside broadcast at the the George Hotel there in South Melbourne. We want to get to that at some stage too, Hutchie. But look, ultimately nothing's changed from from what we said on that afternoon, and, and and that was that this is not going to be wrapped up in a in, in a quick time frame. I mean, Gil McLaughlin on that very day said that he was hopeful within 24 hours of, of, of appointing and naming a four-person panel to investigate it. Now, here we are on this Tuesday morning, nearly a week after the story did break, 
and we haven't had an announcement on that panel. We've also now know too, Hutchie, that uh, there's representation of a management nature of the two main players in this, and, and, and they being the, the accused Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson. They've gone their separate ways with legal representation of a King's Council nature. So, And as we know, when King's Council... And, and, and other lawyers get involved, nothing ever happens quickly. You've got the commitment to due process, the commitment to, to natural justice, and you've got the other clash commitment of let's wrap it up quickly. None of this marries up in, in a time frame that, that, to me, has Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson coaching these football clubs anytime soon. Now, they've, they've both stood down uh, from their contracts. I, I can't see where they are allowed to walk back into their clubs before Christmas because this, in my eyes, will not be wrapped up by then. And then, if you want to just let your mind wander a little bit with what happens with legalities and, and, and natural justice and the right and the need to get to the bottom of it and to have everyone have an equal and, and confident say in what's happened... I can't see them being back at their clubs by round one of next season as really? a starting point. And, and that's before a decision is made by this four-person panel, which may be adverse in so many ways. And, and again, that, that's the speculative part of all this. I'm just telling you now what I'm, what I'm observing from a time component to this. So I think we've not just got Essendon Footy Club right now needing to appoint a coach for, for 2023, but we've also got two other clubs that, that I know now to be thinking, what is the plan B? Well, the other thing is how, what role you play publicly in, in this as a club because you are tested like never before. Yep. That Brisbane statement came realistically five days after the announcement. Yep. Fagan would be saying to Brisbane, we've been great for each other. I've been great for this club. Where's your support for me? When have, you, have you come out and said, we're with you, we back you, we believe you? Mm. They're entitled to say, well, we, we accept your version of events, Chris, and we're with you and we back you. But however, we do have another a whole run of allegations here and we have Indigenous players ourselves who we need to be empathetic with for and understand their views and not cause further problems through this process. Yep. I suspect that statement was a, was a half-negotiated outcome between the two. Oh, I read it. It was. Uh, Son- yep. Sonia Hood at, at North Melbourne now spoke with Channel 7, I, I believe it was grand final morning, Hutchie, as part of the North Melbourne, you know, a- official AFL-aligned breakfast of the day. Um, it's a bit deeper than this, but I've got down the exact quote. I- I- I'm really confident in his side of the story. That's Sonia Hood talking about Alastair Clarkson, the appointment she made to be coach of North Melbourne Footy Club. That That hasn't gone down totally... Well, with with some people, in that in that that is now a line in the sand from from a North Melbourne perspective of their new coach. When, when as you say, there are Indigenous players on the North list who who we believe, and and subsequent to that that comment, have have made comment themselves. Well, hang on, let's play this out, and this is yep. why the complexity to this investigation is something, Hutchie. That that I, I would be. St- Daggered. I mean, Gil McLaughlin put a, a six to eight week time frame publicly on it last week. Now, we're, we're nearly a week down the track from that. We haven't even got the four person panel again as we speak, really early Tuesday morning. That might happen today, but we were told it was going to happen last Thursday. Okay. So it hasn't. And then you've got a, uh, the other aspect of all this too, Hutchie. What parameters has it got? What scope is it going to have to, to be able to demand everyone who's appeared in the initial Hawthorne inquiry and who has spoken to Russell Jackson? What scope has it got to re-interview those players? What scope has it got to cross-reference? What scope has it got to go deeper if it wants to take its own leads? 
None of it, Hutchie. And, and then, you know this. None of this. None of this happens quickly. This might. This might drag on for for six to nine months if if you wanted to. And the other thing is, you cannot do this and wrap it up quickly at the expense of getting to the bottom of it. And then, understandably, the North Melbourne president has had to liaise with the Indigenous players on that list and ensure them that they won't stand for it if it is true. So, like, like, how do you? It's really interesting the public side of this because you are damned if you do and damned if you are don't if you are both of those clubs. Yep. Um, as courageous and as um, loyal and as probably um, the right spirit of the Brisbane Lions statement was, I thought it was unnecessary. They need to just say, "Tell me why you thought it was unnecessary." Well, I don't think they yet that. They can say to Chris, we, we back you, we believe you. That's their, their right and in time to do that. And they ultimately may be proven true. Yep. But to commit to that position publicly just puts pressure on their playing list and their mm. – um, and I, I don't think they need – I just think risk and reward on that. I'm not sure it was there to, to do. Yeah, I hear, I hear or, you. But at the same time, there are relationships that, that, that are at play here too. And that's the that's another layer to this. I mean, and this this issue spins off and, and, and explodes off into so many um, areas and facets, doesn't it? But the relationship component to it, I mean, the, the two clubs in question, well, we'll be arguing, and you know the way footy clubs work, this has got nothing to do with us. We can only be judged on what we do in our time. And and if you are people at Brisbane, if you are people at North Melbourne, they're saying, well, this is a Hawthorne footy club issue. And yet, and yet it's not. It's not. It's an all-of industry yeah. issue. I mean, everyone's, everyone's angry with Hawthorne. Brisbane, North Melbourne... In part, the AFL, albeit uh, haven't said so, there's there's pressure everywhere on this, and no one's angrier than Alistair Clarkson. So that's the other thing in this. Whatever happens, hmm. however it's deemed to have been found and interpreted from here, and as Lee Matthews says, "There's your truth, there's my truth, and there's there's there's, version, there's versions of the truth." Whatever happens, the Hawthorne and Alistair Clarkson relationship looks tainted and damaged forever. Hmm. And that is uh, that seems unfixable. That's no matter what happens, doesn't it? And that's well, four think, premierships, seventeen years. I think it was. Well, it, it was about this time last year. In fact, prior to this time last year, when they when they made the decision to to, to move him on and, and replace him with Sam Mitchell, and that even that dynamic cuts you. The Sam Mitchell, Alistair Clarkson dynamics are a very interesting part of uh, you know the Hawthorne storyline. Um, two famous people, but but. A relationship that was always above the line professionally, but one that didn't have any, from what I believe, any great substance to it below that professional need to be working together. And that's not the first time that's happened in, in footy, obviously. But, yeah, but, so- but also too, Hutchie, so again, just getting back to the, the core of it, the people being accused of, of the actions, um, they absolutely need to have the scope to, to hear their stories and to have their stories told through their lens. It needs to be analysed and critiqued and judged no how, how their lens lines up with the accusations made. And and again, most importantly, the people making the claims need to have their information and their recollections um, factored in totally too without without fear or favour. And, and I don't know how anyone is going to be uh, wading through all of this and, and then come down and be required to have a finding that is going to be the satisfactory to to every single person involved in it. I, th- I think we just rule that possibility out before it even starts. We're not going to have a finding that, that people are going to fully accept. And then, and then it moves the timeline of the Gill exit, right? So yeah. Gill conceded on uh, Thursday night, I reckon it was, on Fox Footy on 360 that 
He was giving serious thought at the request to stay until this is over. If you're saying it's a round one thing, oh. and I hope it isn't, I hope it's over by Christmas one way or another. But but can you see it, Hutchie, being over before Christmas, the way these panels work? And, and, and to um, get everyone in the same room at, at various sets of times and then to have a reluctance of, of some claimants and even a reluctance of some people to, to want to front a King's Council grilling, you know, in whatever form it comes, whether it's a... I mean, it won't be public, but it will be an on-the-record hearing. And people, I mean, what, what obligations do people have to, to actually front these inquiries? And, and there'll be, there's going to be some people, crucial, independent witnesses to the, some of the claims made who may think, well, I've got, there's no benefit for me, for me personally, to, to, to put myself in that situation. And then I don't know if anyone's ever been questioned um, listening to this, and, and you and I, I have, but anytime you've had a form of legal questioning, your mind goes, well, hang on, how do I answer this? If I say yes, to this question, what what does that mean for me? And so people have got all these thought processes, Hutchie. But what I keep going back to the point that that I just feel that these two clubs need to um, right now be well aware that they might need uh, other people in those positions as coach is because none of this does get wrapped up quickly. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't, and and it, and it can't because of the the serious nature of it and the complexity and the levels that spin off it. Uh, it'll it'll drag on. Can you last point on this before we move off it? Can you explain the um, reference that an assistant coach has confirmed this, but we haven't heard who the assistant coach is. There's been the legal disclaimers in the paper saying, we're not saying because we're, say- we're saying he confirmed this, but we're not saying we believe he confirmed it. Mm. And we're not suggesting that proves the allegations. Like you get that legal, um, the, uh, the, the quite a red was, the Herald Sun has been unable to confirm which allegations the coach corroborated and is not suggesting that his information provides the allegations. That, to me, looked like it was written by Justin Quill, their lawyer, because well, it was. you be- need that you need be- that paragraph in well- there to cover yourself. But what what does that mean, Damien? Like, either um, the assistant coach says this happened and yeah. here's the identity of the person. Well, that, that paragraph not. then meant that why have you got the headline on the front page saying that, you know, coach corroborates evidence. And you, and you get to the detail. The Herald Sun has been unable to confirm which allegations the coach corroborated. Just just read that. The Herald Sun has been una- unable to confirm which allegations the coach corroborated and is not suggesting its information proves the allegations. What does that mean, Archie? Apart a, from a, apart a, from a, a, a saving paragraph that, that allows you to go with the headline about Hawks yeah. Twisters, Fallout Grows, and Coach Corroborating Evidence. It's 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 have the headline and then wash your hands of it. Um, look, I've, I've no, got a theory as to what... I, I think it was a, a legal paragraph written in late post-story. That oh. was, often that happens. You send those stories off to get Hang legaled. On, person says something happened. Okay, the next question is, which person? No, we can't name him. Okay. Which part of they said what happened? Which part of it was it? Was it was it Exhibit A of the evidence? Was it Exhibit? Uh, no, we don't know. We just we, we just trust us. We we can corroborate that the coach corroborated. I mean, seriously. I mean, would you run that? Would you publish that anywhere? Uh, only if I was sure of my information and sure of the coach involved, and the coach involved had personally told me that he saw it and was prepared to say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but the legal paragraph allows them to say it because it, they're, they're, they're okay legally. The ge- and then they've got a headline out of something that doesn't exist. I've got a theory on what that is. I've got a theory on what that is, actually. But on this topic, as, as much as I would lawyers like... Lawyers water down your copy as a journalist, don't forget. So the, the original story filed by the journalist, I don't know who it was, might have been harder, stronger, and more definitive on their views. And then by the time it goes through the um, legal rounds, well, it gets it's, watered It's John down. Ralph and Lauren Wood on the, on, yep. on the byline. So I would, I would be defensive of, of them. I was sure they wrote a, a stiffer story than that, that they got legal. I wouldn't be so sure thing. about that. I mean, you, you know, anyway. Look, with this story, Hutchie, we're, I'm sure you're hearing stuff. I'm sure people listening to this have got their own versions and, and, and would think they're speaking to people close to it. 
on this one, I'm not. I'm not going to be talking um, speculatively about about the specifics of the case because that's why you're going to form this four person panel, and and that will form the and, framework upon which the whole on, industry needs to to act off. And just on the four person panel. It, it clearly has been left open to negotiation, right? Oh, like it is a negotiation. Everything's a negotiation. But yes, it like is. And it is being. Like, we haven't seen... These are the four people, and here's why we've chosen them. And and too bad this is the four. We're seeing, how does everyone feel about this person, that person? Can we get everyone comfortable? Mm. We even saw the coaches... Even when the coaches association are weighing in with opinions, <laughs> you, know it's a, you know it's a negotiation because we don't hear from them ever. And then you hear them saying they want an ex-coach on the panel. Like... When, when did we get to a point that these things need to be negotiated panels? Hachi, everything is negotiated, and, and you know that better than I do. You negotiate yourself through your, your probably three times a day on, on serious-natured events, and this this was always going to be. And, and, and again, I've got no problem in agreeing with you on this one. This is a negotiation. The four people that, are, that will eventually be announced to, to form this panel – I would love to know the negotiations behind the scenes to get those four people yeah. to, 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 to the line on, on it. And as we said, we're now nearly a week into it. Um, we're told it could be wrapped up in six to eight weeks and we've already missed a week and we haven't even got the panel informed. And, and when does it start? I mean, people trying to have their, their, their time off, which which the industry is crying out for given the, the COVID situation. I, um, we've probably got a bit heavy there. I just want to raise actually something I saw on um, on Saturday night. So I was uh, fortunate enough to be in the Geelong rooms post-game. And I saw that. You had the cup and you're getting selfies taken and you were <laughs> yeah, well that. over the top. Forget all that. But it was it was actually, I mean, was, as far as grand final winning rooms go, I, I that Geelong one in 2022 was, was as good an experience I've had as an outsider in it. But they're just a, a bunch of mature, respectful people across the board, and you can see why they deserve their success. I, I raise that because um, I then got across to the September club very late. I almost wasn't going to go, but I did just wander in. One of the very first things I saw, Hutchie, and I reckon it was about 8.30, 9 o'clock, was through the glass of your marquee, and I saw a big man who I was able to quickly identify as you. Next to another big man who I was just had a quick look through was uh, the Coleman medalist of, of 2022, Charlie Curnow. And all I could see was you and a microphone, and I've seen you in this guy's before when, you, <laughs> when you're doing karaoke and your arms are going everywhere like a lunatic. And I thought at that moment, I'm not walking into your marquee, Hachi, and yeah, I just went the other way. <laughs> yeah, that was, gee, it was, a, it was a fun day at the G. It was a long time, three years. It felt quite spiritual walking in on the day. It felt quite... I don't know about you, but to have not been there in 2020 and 2021. There, there was, a, was a, a, an element of that, wasn't there? It was, yeah, it was special. Yeah, yeah. All, all aspects of it. And uh, Charlie Kerno DJed our, our marquee and uh, just had to give him a little bit of a kickstart to help him get it going. Now, now, so. Hang on. Why did you need to give him a kickstart? This is what I want to drill down on because you can't sing. You, you think you can, but you can't. What, there was no what singing. It was, just a bit, it was just a bit of bouncing around and a bit of uh, And, bit and of it was no coincidence, Hachi. It was the killers, Mr. Brightside, that yeah, I could hear. My, and the moment my... I realised that was a song, I bolted to the other end of the zone. Look, I, my... I walked through all the crowd to get to another marquee. It's been my Achilles heel demo long before Jack Revolt came along. <laughs> yeah. But well done, everyone involved. I think the, the day itself was magnificent. Hey, question for you. This is this is going to sound like a very first world problem for people who wanted to go to the grand final. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I'm raising this. But it feeds into the night grand final argument. Do you know on Saturday, right, on one half of the ground, people were blinded by the light to the point where <laughs> it was – Sunny. They had the game in their eyes. Yeah. It was it was tricky to uh, – people came out of there feeling hot. It's, co- and it's, they- it's called daylight, Hachi. And, and the sun creates 
a light ambience for daytime if there's no cloud. But people had four hours in the sun and <laughs> felt quite hot, oh. right? I was on the side of the ground where it was cold. <laughs> there, there was one half of the... People won't believe this. It was one half of the ground that was hot on Saturday, yeah. and the other half of the ground was cold, cold. Listen, listen, you've there had a, you've a, had a good year breeze. on the sounding board, Hutchie. <laughs> D- don't, don't destroy it now. This has been your career best sounding board year. Don't so, go down this path right now, please. So the hot, cold nature of Saturday feeds into my argument. <laughs> Start the game later, Damo, for goodness sake. But where everyone's going to be o'clock. cold, Hutchie. At least half the ground was warm. <laughs> It'd have been beautiful at five o'clock, I reckon. Just anyway, just a little observation for you, Damo. W- w- will you concede? You really shouldn't get up on the discs again. Yeah, in, I'm, in I'm a, retired from here on. I've, yeah. I've heard you say that before, Hachi. Yep. When you started this marquee club at September Club, you got then you get Nick Nat Nilly up in the first yep, year. Nick was unavailable. We're, we had a few um, a few unavailabilities this year, so we improvised. A bit of fun, Damo. Right. Uh, I see that um, it's not just uh, my good self, Hachi, who occasionally finds himself in a run in at a Brownlow with a coach. Have you seen that? Well, I, I read the. Well, I saw the Sunday Footy Show. Uh, I think it was in What Caught My Eye, wasn't it, or similar. By the way, just just before we leave off what caught my eye, I reckon you should opt out of that segment on going. You don't add any humour to the segment. <laughs> yeah, I certainly didn't on the weekend. He's gone. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. Like yeah. I like I, I always watch it on social. There's always three yeah. or four funny clips, and it gets to you, and you stick the whole segment every yeah, time. Yeah, the, the one just gone. I, I was halfway through it, thinking I need to stop. I, I need to not go with my stuff, but I couldn't yeah, speak was, to the producer, and I, it was a car crash for me. So yeah. your best role there is to be the subject of the joke, not the deliverer. Well, that that happens most yeah. weeks, so yeah, yeah. I, I contribute that way. But what happened <laughs> with Nathan Brand? Did he have an altercation? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. I, now I don't want to go into this because this is his fight to have, not mine. I've got my own, all right, and I've had my own on that particular night, as you keep reminding our listeners every single three-week period. So he was bumped by a coach at the Brownlow, is yeah, that right? Yeah, yeah. And then Tony Jones went on to allude that it was the Brisbane Lions coach. Is that what happened? That's the way the conversation yeah. seemed to unfold on but air. It would have yeah. only been, he would have only been joking, wouldn't he? The Lions coach. No, I, well, again, I can only go on what. You know, Nathan did, and he was sort of bouncing around the answers, and something happened. Something right. happened. Well, has yeah. he been critical of the lines? No, I'm not. I wouldn't have thought overly. I wouldn't have yeah. thought overly. Yeah, but I, hey, I'm not picking up the the baton on this one. <laughs> this is if he wants. He doesn't want to, by the way. But well, this is your you're the unofficial minister for Brownlow disputes. <laughs> You've had more of them than the rest of the industry put together. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, no, that that could be Nathan's to. Uh, to, to, to pick up on. What did you make of the, the grand final ratings story, Hachi? I, I just ask it because I didn't get yeah. too caught up in it. Um, we've had two years of COVID where people were, were effectively forced into homes and not just into homes, but into homes by themselves, not being able to share the moment. So uh, that would make sense to me that, that there were no greater numbers on the last couple of grand finals for, for that very reason. This year, as you mentioned, it opened up. People are either there, they're either at events, they're at pubs, yep. or they're at other houses. So therefore, there's less actual individual units switched on. I don't even know the ratings work anymore. But I mean, there's another reason too. The the game was a fizzer, and and well, the, and the theatre going element to the New South Wales you know, slash Sydney Swans involvement, as we know, they're more than happy in New South Wales, and I quite like their attitude as a rule. Just to, if it's no good, just move on and just abandon. Well, there's a narr- there's a narrative here that suits agenda. So. A few things to unpick. First of all, the most um, natural comparison to ratings would have been 2019, right? The last day grand final at the MCG. And it outrated that game pretty comfortably, I think, by about 10%, I think I read. So that's the natural comparison point. And in business, that's what people benchmark against, the normalised 19. So point one is you could argue that ratings were up, not down. Now, 
in the last two years, we've seen night grand finals played interstate, being back into Melbourne where people couldn't go. Yep. And, and, or couldn't go and share it with people. Or, or couldn't so, leave their houses, basically. Yeah. So, of course, the ratings were bigger. And nighttime television, I'm a cynic on the ratings at the best of times, as you know. So, I, 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 put, uh, a, a, I put an asterisk against it in, in the first place. But the, the, the television crowds at night are bigger than day. It's just simple. So, if you want to get from 2.1 to 3 million, you, your only chance is to move the game to nighttime. Not, and, night, or, night or twilight? Well, as, as, uh, twilight is a minimum. Yeah. I'd be a five five thirty starter, but that's, you know, that's um, yeah. I, so don't, now, what I th- what I wonder is, everyone says, oh, the broadcaster wants it at night for more eyeballs. It's a broadcaster. It's a TV network. It's a TV network. We're not going to listen to television networks. Rah rah. Doesn't the game want its best product seen by the most number of people? Yeah, you can so make that the, argument. Isn't the game? as invested in a big number. But ultimately, they get paid for it, right? They charge a worth in every renegotiation based upon the value they create in the game. Isn't it in the game's interest to put the game in front of the most number of people? So move it back. I don't get it. I never have, never will. Yeah. Uh, it's still, still a fantastic occasion on Saturday, but it's it would be even better with more people watched it. And and, and as you said, Hutchie, they, they could all be cold rather rather than half the ground being cold and half being hot. Exactly right. Consistently cold. If, if the cold. sun has gone down, which happens in a day... In the- Consistently cold. Have we got a glass jaw nomination? I think we have. There's a, something on the running sheet here. One of us sent it through. I can't remember what it was. But- no, you're, well, play the opener anyway if you can. <laughs> Someone's had a go at us. This can't happen. Someone outside the tent's bagging us. <laughs> this is unacceptable. Tom Brown impersonator. So, sorry, tra- Tom Brown translator. Um, Twitter handle, which I, I find very funny. Uh, now, I think Tom's blown up at someone, has he? Is that what's happened here today? No, you're, you've put this on the radar as the glass jaw. I want to distance myself from this. Do you? Uh, you know I've, you know I've um, retired <laughs> from Tom Brown commentary, Tom Brown, Tom Brown. You're, you, you've, <laughs> you've tabled that. Well, Chris Kayas, who, who listens to us a lot, Hutchie, and, and he, he's – I think he's oh, so one you're of distancing the, yourself from your own content. Just in case I need to. If you, if you, I'll, I'll put one of those Herald Sun legal disclaimers in there, okay? Can, can we get Justin Quill after I say what I'm about to say yeah. to maybe do one of those Herald Sun paragraphs where you just spend five minutes talking about something but you've just washed your hands of it? Is that what we're going to do now? Yep. yep. It's so not as serious. This is not as serious as what Herald Sun. Um, so Chris Case has alerted this. Actually, he's cut you in on this, Hutchie. He's linked you in. So you're part of it whether you like it or not, all right? So, so if we're going down, we're going down. But he's highlighted something that the Tom Brown translator had said. This is from Tom. Why people like me who even do this job is beyond me. You get a free kick bagging the out of me on social media. I might stop it there. In fact, it's, we might just leave it there, Hutchie. He's not happy, Tommy. And we are going to glass jaw nominate him. We've been glass jaw nominated ourselves a few times this year. So anyway, there, there it is. Just, we had not for a few weeks. We had to do it again. We had to do I'll, it again. When, when, when you and I start talking about an exchange between a journalist and their fake translator. It's about when I reckon we've jumped the shark. So I'm, well, I'm off on this one. You're on your own. <laughs> it's, it's been a good 10 minutes for our show. You, you're talking about the sun being out 
It was just on, on, on a, on a September was, Saturday it was afternoon. Hot on one half and cold on the other. I didn't oh, see that before. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was worthy of the of content. <laughs> <laughs> you may you may be raising a good point here. We we got through okay most of the year, but we, this last ten minutes hasn't been great. Let's, hasn't been uh, enough. Let, let's try and save it by someone's uh, someone else's contributions through question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Glenn March on Twitter. Why do all the AFL review shows that we follow all year not review the biggest game of the year? I reckon Glenn raises a fantastic point, actually. Where were you last night on Footy Classified? I, I actually stayed up, even though I'm absolutely tired. I thought, I just want to see what my man Hutchie's going to say about the grand final. Nothing. Mm. I had to watch a it... special investigation into, into... It's actually a very good program, actually, about some policeman in, in South Australia from 1981. But I wanted to see you, Hutchie. I didn't want to see that. You know how you know how you are president of that very t- tooth, toothy type Actually, actually, this might be our me. cause. This might be our cause for next year. You might be, you might, if you're going to oh. start a show in round one, you, you must, under AFMA rules, see it out and wrap it up. I am, I am the unofficial president, uh, unofficial president and flag-waving flag-bearing, card-carrying <laughs> leader what? of the unspoken let's all get together and make sure we don't do any post-grand final shows <laughs> association. Why? Why? You spend <laughs> the whole year You spend the whole year punching on. You spend the yeah. whole year sacking people from clubs. You spend the whole year telling people they're no good and people who are good. You get to the end result where all your opinions will either be validated or not yeah. validated and you run. Yeah, I... In the old days, I used to leave on the Sunday after the grand final. Oh, I, I, lived in, I lived in New York from the Sunday after the grand final till February for six years in a row. Can I tell that story? I think I've already have told this story. That morning when you were still hosting the Sunday footy show and you walked back into the studio at about, from memory, Hutch, you correct me if I'm wrong. I reckon it's about 8 to 10. I hadn't seen you all morning. The show goes to air at 10 o'clock. You, you walk back in, but you're already done up, makeup, suit, You'd gone to the airport to check in and then come back to do the show. Yes. And then the moment the show finished, you drove back to the airport. Yeah, that's true. Those days you had to go and check in in person. You couldn't do it on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Car running, carry on only. Um, made the, it was NFL Sunday, day after the grand final. You've got to make it in time. You land the same day you fly, as you know. So uh, I, I've been at the front of this uh, movement, Damo, and it's a remarkably popular movement. In fact, in our meetings, people say, all right, uh, anyone thinking about a post-game? No, 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 no. We're all aligned. Good. You, you spend right, 20, gonna... if you include the buys <laughs> and the three-week build-up and, and whatever else goes on, you, sp- you basically spend 30 weeks yeah. talking hey, about who's going to make the grand final rumor, and then you can't be bothered even wrapping it up. Rumour went round. Someone at Channel Seven's thinking about doing having in their contract the post-game show. I'll ring him. Hang on. <laughs> Let's well, shut this down. To, There's to, always someone aspirational coming through who wants to do a post-game review. No, no, not Hang even on, aspirational. Someone get onto them. Just, just, <laughs> just, just prepared and disciplined enough and, and has enough response. To, look, at least the Sunday footy show does. We, we wrap it up beautifully as we do and Billy yeah, Brown's been are, down there. And, and, and we did on Access All Areas, Hutchie. Matthew Lloyd and I did a, a very thorough review of the show and, no, and I think, I think um, Fox Footy did to give them their Oh, yeah, due. so you're aiming this entirely at classified. Is that what you're saying? Footy classified as a current affairs show of football. It's not a review show of football, so there's no need for us to come back. <laughs> well, access all areas went in. All the people came in on their day. You're a footy off show. And, uh, what, You're a footy, show about uh, the, footy the, classified's not. 
No, we're 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 shy about the the um, what the stories around the game oh, as opposed to an analysis of the game. Actually, you did raise a good point there. The AFMA might step in here for, for credibility reasons. All bet, all bet. I noticed that uh, with you personally, uh, you you did turn up on Sunday, but your sense of humour actually had finished up the Sunday the Sunday before. So, <laughs> so you, you can see I've got early. one, do you? I've actually got one out of our <laughs> conversation. Have I? Barely recognisable. <laughs> um, you're in Brisbane. I am. So I'm in Brisbane. Uh, just quickly, a nod to the NRL. This grand final this weekend, which unfortunately I can't make because I'll be in uh, Perth for the first game of the Wildcats, which is has to take precedence um, and, and should. I don't think I've seen um, excitement, interest, um, it, just absolute mayhem around this NRL grand final this Sunday. It, yeah. Penrith and Parramatta... It, for those listening north of uh, Albury, you will know very well what I'm talking about. For those like yourself, Damo, probably don't oh, take much of interest in... No, I take a lot of interest in it. You know, I, I, I've lived in Sydney and I, and I love rugby league and, and, I, and I love the storylines attached to these two clubs this, in this year's grand final. The the Parramatta Eels magic carpet ride against the mm. Penrith Panthers dominance, the traditional rivals, the two Western Sydney um, franchises 30 kilometres apart from each other, sort of rugby league heartland... Uh, it's got everything. We were fortunate enough to take a our SEN League team in Sydney and our SEN 1170 team took a plane in, uh, thanks to Maccas, on Friday night to Townsville and took Parramatta Eels fans. It was a lot of fun. It's great. I really appreciate the, the Maccas jet that we're able to put together as an experience for our listeners. And the Townsville game uh, was a terrific place to play a prelim. Great excitement in northern Queensland. It's been a terrific NRL final series two demo. So... Uh, I reckon hats off to the NRL for the way they're finishing the season. Yep. And um, in, in NFL, have you got into it yet? Uh, no. In fact, I missed the entirety of, of, of yesterday's really? offering, Sachi, which is, annoys me uh, no end, as you know. I'm, I'm aware of the results, but um, yeah, I know, just had not seen it. Are we, we, we going to try and have a yeah. quick little we, we uh, LA trip? A three or four day LA weekend, if we could configure it, it'd be enough for me. Three or four days would be enough, actually. It's a lot of a long way to go and a lot of money to spend for three or four days. But here's my, here's would, my pitch to you. Use yeah. your frequent flyer points. I haven't I got any frequent flyer Actually, I haven't got any. I have not flown. I've flown twice to, to Brisbane two years ago for the – or Queensland for two years ago for the hub and Perth last year for the hub. A, a Friday a Friday arrive in LA. Yeah. Um, you can do your little kind of shopping thing you like to do. No, I like to go so, for a little, uh, little wander around Venice walk. Beach, yep. And then we'll head down Sat- to West Hollywood. A college football Saturday. Yep. Which in on that coast gets in at nine a.m. midday start on the on the other coast, and the NFL Sunday. Yep, and a Sunday night or Monday night out, a little pinging. No, no, we, you, we, you can't waste the Sunday night with football or Monday night with football. So we might have to extend it to Tuesday night out. Yeah, I'm not sure I've got that much time in me, but uh, <laughs> 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 it'd be like old school. We could All have, right, we, well, we let's, let's take year. this offline and yep. uh, maybe uh, organise that. We do a sounding board from over there, Hutchie, in one of the bars. Oh, there we go. I, I'm on, I, we are not doing that, all right? We are not doing that. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, this was, Cut what was it, Jane? Leave. 34, episode 34. Jane's got the thumbs up and she's come back in from can, the Bunbury can studio. Jane, can we just hear Jane throw to the next song in, on SEN Spirit in Bunbury 621? Jane, can, as Careful. we welcome you back, Hutchie. can you back announce a track for us? And then throw to the next track. Well, as a special for SEN Spirit 621 Southwest listeners, let's play some Green Day. Will that do? There we go. That'll do. <laughs> and we could have some Paul Kelly leaps. We could have some Paul Kelly leaps and bounds too, Jade. <laughs> Your version. You're idiots. Uh, that was the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Mm-hmm.
Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.